0: This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show that might temporarily relocate somewhere with a climate that doesn't feel like we're living on the surface of the goddamn sun. Yeah. This is not okay because, listen, this morning it was 58 degrees when I walked outside. The perfect temperature it could possibly be. Perfect temperature. Put on a hoodie, right? Yeah. Went to work. Walked out on my lunch. 80 fucking Mm 9. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, we've, we've lived here our entire lives and I'm
1: still not okay with it or
0: adjusted to it.
1: Yeah. And not to mention that it's like, I don't know, 75% humidity here. (laughs) I can't live my life like this. Now, see, Sunday was glorious. Yes, it was. The high on Sunday was like 75. Which is pushing it. That's, that's a glorious day in the summer. Right. So I w- we had like our back door open. The dogs were running in and out. It was it was great. And as soon as it started to get dark, it was like 50 degrees. And I was Hell like, "Yeah, this is what I'm saying. This is the weather I need. 50 degrees. It could be 50 degrees constantly all year. And I would love it. I would fucking love it. And I, ha- I have, like, my mom and, like, my sister-in-law, Rachel, they're like, you know, it re- it's so fucking hot and the humidity is terrible, but at least it's not cold. I'm like, bitch! No, no. Listen, whenever it's cold out, I'm, I can stand outside and not be like, I have to go fucking change because I just sweat out of all of my clothing. Yeah. That's disgusting. My legs are sticking together and I'm wearing pants. Yeah. Un-fucking-acceptable. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's too much. It's,
1: and It's the worst.
0: I just don't know at what point we're going to actually do something about
1: it. You know, they have this thing that they call reverse snowbirds, where they snowbirds live somewhere warm in the winter, Mm -hmm. and then they go back to where they're normally from for the summer because they like warm weather. We need to be reverse snowbirds. We need to live here in the winter and the fall, and we need to go north for the (laughs) summer months. (laughs) What would we call that? Reverse snowbird. That's what they call it. Oh, it's a thing. It's a thing, Oh, okay. I was trying (laughs) to think of
0: something cool, but whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the YouTuber that I follow who travels a lot, her name's Taylor Wynn. She actually liked one of our videos on TikTok, <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, she did. And she commented, what's up? Um. She's the best. She tr- she basically is just living a nomad life right now. She lives like a couple of months in one place and then moves on to another city. That bitch. She did New York at fucking Christmas. How amazing is that? I have I have to be in New York at Christmas at some point in my life. It just is a bucket list item for me. But she did New York, Boston. Um I think she did North Carolina. I think she did Charleston. Austin, Chicago, and now she's in... Now she's abroad. She went to... She spent like a month in Jordan in the Middle East. Damn. And now she's in Italy. I need to know how this bitch has done this life for herself. I I need to live that life. I barely even leave this county. (laughs) (laughs) I travel a smidge more than that, but... I mean... That's a life I want to live. It's so great. It sounds so amazing. And she, you can definitely, like, almost see it on her face. If I watch a video before she started doing this, like, two years ago, and then videos now, it's palpable how much happier she is. Oh, I bet. She, She just looks like... She's a living a nomad
0: life yeah. and
1: super fucking happy. Yeah. yeah, She's like, I do whatever. And she's, she does it alone, obviously. And, um, she just goes wherever the fuck she wants, when she wants. And I'm like, Taylor, do you need an assistant? We can be that for you. <laughs> and this is crucial. <laughs> um, but she talked about reverse snowbirds. Cause she said she would like be a reverse snowbird.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to do that. I agree. Pretty soon.
1: Yep. Starting tomorrow. So
0: Starting tomorrow. <laughs> please check out our TikTok and Instagram and Facebook.
1: Send us an email. What if I told you podcasts at gmail.com. We really do look at all of our emails. And if you send us one, we will respond promptly. Yeah. I've been, like, trying to keep our inbox clean
0: because we get... 81 fucking google alerts a day and they're never about the actual things that we need to be alerted about nope
1: never Um, so just know i'm going through them yeah i and i try to actually look at the google alerts in case there is something there like there are certain ones that i kind of know it's not going to be about that like delphi yeah i at when we first started following that alert I would look at the Delphi one every single time, Mm -hmm. but it is never about Delphi. Never. I don't know what's
0: like pinging that to come through. I don't either. Or Chris Watts.
1: Yeah. Or Scott Scott Peterson. Peterson. We get so many for Scott Peterson, and it is never about Scott Peterson.
0: I left my Baja Blast downstairs. I'm a
1: little upset about it, but... I, I... strike one dude i am more upset about that than
0: the google alert situation (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck what oh my god i went too long without touching it
1: i don't know why it's not registering my watch anymore throw it away dude that that computer is legit 10 years old so she's she's still well she's still trucking We had Taco Bell tonight. And you know that we had cheesy double beefs.
0: Yeah, and I got the spicy one and was really excited um, about it because I thought maybe there's a spicy sauce on it. Turns out they just put some fucking jalapenos on it, so... There was two on the whole
1: thing. There's only two? Yeah. Huh. They were being stingy. I love jalapenos, but whatever. Yeah, I got just the OG Um, because, you know, if it's not broken, I'm not going to try. Don't try to fix it. That's right. And, uh, although my brother, so I texted my brother, (laughs) Colton, for as much as we are different, we are also wildly similar. (laughs) And it's kind of scary. But he also loves the cheesy double beef. (laughs) And so I he was the first person I sent a text to. Yeah. I was like, "Yo, guess what? The cheesy beef is back." <laughs> and obviously he he's working out in I think North Carolina right now. So he, you know, is just living out there and his I'm calling her his wife because I mean, fuck. Yeah. They're he's very averse to marriage at this point. He was burned And Rachel is now paying the price for that. Well, sorry, Rachel. (laughs) Sorry, Rach. Um, But his wife and kids are here. And so I'm sure he just went out and was like, this is my dinner. Yeah. And then he texted me and he's like, for some reason, it doesn't taste as good. Oh, no. And I was like, what? That is actually kind of depressing. I know. The one that I had, so I had it for dinner yesterday and today. (laughs) <laughs> um, Dakota and I had them yesterday, and the one that I got yesterday was fucking perfect. I mean... In comparison to the one you had tonight? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, the distribution of the ingredients in there, so every single bite was, like, rice, beef, cheese. Yeah. Whereas today, I had, like, a lot of beef at the top of the burrito. Then a section of it was just rice. mm and the bottom was, like, sour cream and cheese. That's a little sad. Yeah, so I don't know how they built this burrito. Maybe they dropped it. Those fucking dicks. <laughs> it still tasted good. It just was not dispersed optimally. Yeah.
0: Well, that's, I
1: mean, that's a letdown. It's a letdown for in, sure. In any situation, really. Absolutely. As You know... A burrito should have all the ingredients in every bite. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. That's what we're expecting in a burrito. Right. So, uh, Where even are we? We're going to shout out the
0: podcast of the month with the Deluxe Edition Network. Aha. Uh-huh. Here we are. It is called The Return of the Living Flet. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of like a... Like, a movie review, specifically horror movies. Um, They do interviews and kind of, like, other creepy things on there. They have a YouTube channel. So, if you like that kind of shit, check them out.
1: Yeah. What's funny about the DIN is that most of the other podcasts on the show are either, like, movie or pop culture affiliated. Yeah. We're basically the only true crime podcast on the network yeah there's that other
0: one horsing around that I told you was like the dude versions of us yeah um I haven't listened to it yet but I want to
1: yeah but yeah I mean you're right and a lot of the most of the other podcasts are dudes yeah and then like us we're just out hey. here hey breaking breaking the the boundaries <laughs> We don't
0: have a chips basement because he hasn't had time to listen to the new episode yet. Because it came out today. Oh, you know what? I'm wrong.
1: Did he text you today?
0: No, but the last episode, I only shared two of the three things that he had texted us. Mm. The last thing that he said is, if you sprinkle sugar on a prolapsed rectum, Oh no.
1: It'll go back in. I don't think that's medically sound. Chip, where are you getting this information? <laughs> First of all, are you. We've already talked about the dark web in a previous episode. I'm not sure which one. Um, but how often are you there? How often are you there? Do you have like a membership? He probably runs it. Do you run the dark web? Bruh. Can you get us like. Some stuff that's been discontinued, like... Chip, tell us your first name, first of all. First of all. <laughs> <laughs> he did tell us his first name when he was on our uh, on the Mary Vincent episode. No, he didn't. He didn't? Uh-uh. No, he was telling us about somebody else whose first name was Chip. Yeah.
0: So, okay. I know that at some point in my life, I have got this information, but I do not remember.
1: Yeah, you're related. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, a. Chip, enough with the anuses. <laughs> Tell us about your basement. That's a weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it is.
0: I'm that pick- should be on a t-shirt. gonna throw up
1: we have to make a chips basement t-shirt oh
0: my god have
1: to can we put his face on it i was thinking just like the words chips basement and then just like a light <laughs> light <bulb>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that or like it's saying that right but mm-hmm. then like peeking out from the word basement is just like an outline of chips face
1: yeah i love
0: that um chip you don't get any royalties from this yeah
1: uh we're gonna have have you sign a waiver so yeah i'm typing it up as we speak (laughs) okay
0: so new t-shirts coming soon so yeah check out our merch because we got we got things
1: yeah we have uh, a shopify store that you can visit and purchase whatever you'd like
0: Yeah, the link to it is going to be right under the description of this episode. It'll be the first link in our show notes.
1: Yes, and, um, you know, our Instagram and TikTok both have the link as well. Yes. So. I don't think Facebook does because I don't really know how
0: to update shit on there because it won't let me.
1: Yeah, because Facebook is wildly antiquated.
0: I've been trying to update our cover photo for like six fucking months, and it just won't.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyways. Today, we're doing a missing person case. We are! From 1986. Before either
1: of us was born. Yeah.
0: (sighs) And this is the case of Anthonette Christine kaiadito
1: yes and i believe that i got her name i discovered this case on the missing and murdered indigenous women website which will be linked in our notes right um but they have like a full running list of indigenous women who've gone missing missing or been murdered so
0: because they make
1: up most huge percentage yeah huge percentage anthonette christine cayadito was born on december 25th 1976 oh she was a christmas baby to penny cayadito of the navajo nation and anthony montoya who was of Italian and Hispanic descent. Um, however, according to the Crimaholics podcast, there was maybe some speculation that Anthony Montoya may not have actually been Anthonette's biological father. Um, reportedly, Penny Cayadito was seeing another man, possibly, at the same time. In all of this, our sources, when it refers to Antoinette's father, they they say Anthony Montoya. So that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. Because that's what most major outlets are reporting. But I'm not even sure. I didn't look at the Crimeaholics podcast show notes to look at their sources. Um, but I literally pulled every article on anthonet that popped up and at least looked at it right i didn't use them all but i at least whenever i put her name into the search engine i looked at every article in the first two pages because usually after that it's not right so and all of the ones that i read through cite anthony montoya as her father so i don't know I don't know. He's her dad. He's her dad. Anyway. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, After, so her parents separated. And after the separation, Anthonette and her two younger sisters, Wendy and Sadie, were raised by their mother in Gallup, New Mexico. So I think Anthonette was a few years older. I think she was four years older than Wendy and maybe five or six years older than Sadie because Sadie was the youngest, I believe. Uh, was described as being a very level-headed, wise-beyond-her-years kind of girl. Um, she was really dedicated to her studies and, um super friendly, caring, dependable. By the time she was six years old, she was already cooking for her sisters and ironing their clothes for the week. She played a pretty vital role in caring for them. That is so sweet. Very sweet. I wonder if Penny worked a lot. I bet. Having three young kids. Yeah, as a single mom. Um... Anthonette was known by her peers for her displayed concern for the well, well-being of others, particularly if they were down or in need in some way. And her youngest sister, Sadie, described her as having a caregiver's heart. Uh, let's see. Her favorite color was purple. She liked to listen to Michael Jackson and Ronnie Millsap. Her nickname was squirrel and she was a fourth grade student at Lincoln elementary school where she was an attentive above average student. She had a flair for sports and physical activities and she won the presidential fitness award in her fourth grade year. (sighs) Oh, that is precious. That is so precious. Um, Outside of school, she also had a strong interest in her Bible studies. She was devoted to her religious faith, and at the time of her disappearance, she was living with her mom and sisters um, on Arnold Circle in Gallup, New Mexico. There's the full address there, but I don't think that's necessary. No.
0: So now we're going to get into her disappearance. After I take
1: a drink of water. Hydration is key.
0: I've been drinking a fuck ton of water lately.
1: You and April both. A
0: fuck ton. I'm just always thirsty. Not always. Like my mouth isn't thirsty, but my body feels thirsty. (laughs) 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 Okay. So. Anthonette disappeared from her home on Route 66 In the early morning hours of April 6th, 1986. Too many sixes there. Lots of them. That evening, her mom, Penny, had been out with friends at a local bar, and Anthonette, along with her younger sisters, Wendy and Sadie, were with a babysitter. So Penny arrived home around midnight, and then, of course, sent the babysitter home. And the following morning, when Penny went to... Um, wake the girls up and prepare, prepare them for Bible school, she realized that Anthonette was not in her bedroom. And after talking with her neighbors, she phoned the police. Five years after the disap- disappearance, Wendy, who is now 10, um, finally gave her account of the events of that night for the first time. So according to Wendy, there had been a knock on the door around 3 a.m., Both of the girls were still awake, and Anthonette answered the door. When she asked who was there, the knocker said that it was Uncle Joe. And when she opened the door, she was grabbed by two men, and she was kicking and screaming, saying, Let me go, let me go. But the men forced her into a brown van. And Wendy didn't recognize the men um, because she didn't get a look at their faces. But I feel like even if she did. I mean, she was five, so she's yeah. not really going to remember. Yeah. And Wendy stated that she had not said anything at the time um, because she was afraid of upsetting her mom and didn't know if she would be believed or not.
1: Yeah. It's always a, t- a tricky time with something like this and a, one of the witnesses being so young. Yeah. I think even if she had said That, I mean, investigators would have at least had some things to go on. Two men, brown band. But still, she's five years old. Yeah. You know? So
0: the police and the neighbors searched around the area and found no trace of her. And authorities were almost certain that she was kidnapped in the middle of the night. I mean, this seems pretty clear.
1: Yeah, seems obvious.
0: And police also interviewed an uncle joe who was married to penny's sister but declined to decline to name him a suspect um and they cleared him so this actually leads them to believe that the abductors knew the family i mean in that situation i feel like uncle joe is very specific but
1: mm-hmm.
0: it could have been like a good guess like yeah. hey it's your uncle joe yeah you know It'd be like uncle Bob or something.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, While we refer to Anthonette's uncle as Joe, it hasn't ever really been confirmed that her uncle really was named Joe. Some sources just call him an uncle and others actually do say that he was uncle Joe to her. So it's not really clear. Yeah. But investigators believe Anthonette may be deceased. Um, although her whereabouts are still unknown as of 2022 Mm. and it's been almost 40 years. Yep. Her mother Penny died on April 18th in 1999 from a combination of liver cirrhosis and cardiac issues. Um, she was 46 years old and in 2016 police stated they believed Penny may have had more information than she had given police Concerning Anthonette's disappearance, um, because they said that she failed a lie detector test.
1: Hmm.
0: And Anthonette's father, Anthony, died on August seventeenth, two thousand and twelve.
1: And he hasn't ever and none of the sources really discuss Anthony. I bet he just wasn't in the picture at all. Yeah, yeah, that's my guess. There have been
0: a few alleged sightings. Of Antoinette. One year after her disappearance, the Gallup Police Department received a frantic phone call in which a young girl claimed to be Anthonette, and in the call, she said she was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But before this girl could reveal her whereabouts, an angry adult voice was heard shouting, Who said you could use the phone? Followed by this girl screaming, and then there was, like, sounds of a scuffle, and then, of course, the phone cut off. Naturally. Anthonette's mom, Penny, believed that this was the voice of her daughter. She said that she was especially certain based on the way the girl said her name. Um, But Penny did not recognize the adult's voice. Some speculate that this call is a hoax and it is fucked up because things like that happen.
1: That's exactly true.
0: And, uh... But, I mean, if the girl was in Albuquerque... Why did the phone call go to Gallup Police Department Non-Emergency Line?
1: Right. So it's basically like most kids would just dial 911, which would have gone to Albuquerque Police as opposed to going to the Gallup Police Non-Emergency Line.
0: Right. Because Anthony wouldn't just know that phone number. Yeah. And then that time you can't just Google the number you're trying to call. Exactly. Some speculate that Anthonette may have seen a missing poster of herself and then saw the Gallup Police Department number and then memorized it with a plan to sneak a call to them.
1: Right. That's. I mean, I don't know. This is, like, those things. That she could have figured out, you know, her captors could have had a schedule or, like, a time that they are generally leave her alone. So maybe she could you know i don't know yeah it could have been something she was planning she could have seen her missing poster and been like formulating this plan for a while
0: and mm-hmm. just
1: like memorized that number yeah it it's possible yeah
0: likely i don't know i feel like anything's possible in these cases that's true the police did try to trace the call but were unsuccessful um and of course that call gave her family hope that she may still be alive yeah four years later in 1991 a waitress at a restaurant in Carson City Nevada Nevada, encountered a teenage girl matching Anthonette's description and the company of an unkempt unkempt couple and the girl continuously knocked her utensils to the floor seemingly attempting to get like the waitress's attention and according to the waitress the girl grabbed her hand and squeezed it firmly each time the waitress handed the utensils back after they left the waitress cleaned their table and found a napkin under the plate the girl had been eating from and it contained two brief messages it said help me and call the police that is terrifying
1: that's really terrifying but I also have questions first of all how did she write these notes if she was sitting at a table with two people who were presumably her kidnappers? Yeah. Cause you well, unless she brought them, I guess
0: maybe. Cause I mean, if they were her captors, there's no way they're both going to get up and like go use the restroom at the same time.
1: Right. Cause you know, she would just fucking run. Yeah. Or tell the waitress. Yeah. Right. But it, I mean, it's so weird on a napkin under the plate she had been eating from I mean first of all how did she have a writing utensil yeah and how did she write these messages without attracting the notice of the two people who had were holding her hostage right just doesn't make a lot of sense to me I mean she could have been doing it under the table like next to her yeah i don't know I don't maybe know. but she should have just like She, instead of help me and call the police, she should have just written her name and then call the police. Yeah. Or her name and help me, because most people would assume by help me, you mean call the police. Right. So, not writing her name is also kind of a, why didn't you write your name? Yeah. How is this waitress supposed to help you? Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know. That would be a weird position to be in for the waitress. Yeah. She
1: probably thinks about that every day. Probably. Unless she made this up. Well,
0: there's that, because people suck.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Shortly after this sighting, um, Antoinette's mom turned to her own Native American heritage in search of her daughter, and she and her other daughters visited a respected Navajo medicine woman skilled in performing traditional tribal ceremonies. The medicine woman performed the crystal ritual, which is said to make contact with the spirit of a missing person. And according to this medicine woman, Anthonette was still alive and may have a child Um, She said that she was being held against her will by threats of violence somewhere in the Southwest. And Penny was amazed that the information provided by the medicine woman was consistent with all of the elements of the detective's investigation. And this is a quote from Penny. She says, "Going Going to the medicine lady gives me a lot of strength, and it helps me to just know that she is alive. No matter who she's with, they've got to have some compassion not to hurt another human being as small as she is. But let's see. By 1991, she is
1: 15. And here, that quote from Penny just makes me like feel sad because she says, They've got to have some compassion not to hurt another human being as small as she is. And it just makes my heart hurt because I'm like, they took her to hurt her. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Uh... Makes me so sad. Okay. So the aftermath of Anthonette's disappearance was. Just really rough for the Cayadito family in general. Um, and three years after Anthonette's disappearance, her 25 year old step aunt, Louisa Estrada, who is sister to Larry Estrada, uh, disappeared on September 5th, 1989, from Gallup, New Mexico. But unlike Anthonette, Louisa was actually found alive in Juarez a month later and returned home. Hmm, fucking Juarez. Uh, side note, shameless plug, we did do two episodes on the women of Juarez. Yeah. And you should listen to them both. Um, so, oh, and I didn't look into Louisa Estrada's disappearance. Because this episode is about Anthonette. But um, my guess is that she was kidnapped and maybe trafficked to Juarez. Yeah. And they just managed to luckily find her. That is my guess, but I obviously don't know. Uh, Over the years, there have been questions over potential connections between Anthonette's disappearance and Louisa's, but I don't... I don't think there's ever been any evidence that links them. It's simply that they both happened. Yeah, which is weird. Which is weird, and within three years of each other, two people from the same town who are related go missing. Yeah, it's it's very suspicious. But I don't think any other evidence exists to link the two cases, especially because Louisa was twenty five and Anthonette was nine. Yeah, these are very different. Uh, target victims absolutely in 2016 in an interview with the albuquerque journal wendy montoya anthonette's younger sister who was five at the time of anthonette's abduction spoke of the struggles that she and her family went through she said quote it just broke my whole family up it was a very dark and dysfunctional time end quote Wendy revealed that she and her mother could barely talk about Anthonette without crying and then with eventually without drinking and getting high. And she said, quote, That was how we coped with the pain, to numb it. Not to forget about it, but to put it on the shelf, you know? End quote. Ooh, that's so sad. Yeah, it is. And the trauma of losing her sister led Wendy into kind of a hard life. She dealt with drug addiction, alcoholism, gang affiliation. She had a criminal record throughout her entire adolescence and into adulthood. And um, this lifestyle would, of course, lead to her losing custody of her children to the state. But she did manage to turn her life around. And she went to rehab, got her kids back, and... She stated that she wanted to get away from the old person she was to break the cycle that she was raised in and get far away from New Mexico in general. And that if she could not find her sister, she could at least find herself. Aww. And as of 2016, Wendy... Uh, reportedly lives in Bakersfield, California, where she is pretty private and productive in her life. She has her own family and career. Um, she admits that even though her memories with Anthonette are vague, since she was only five years old, the loss still haunts her and she misses her every day. For Wendy, Anthonette is pretty much just frozen in time at age nine. As a little girl with a jumble of teeth... Soft brown eyes and a caregiver's heart. She still maintains hope that her sister is somewhere out there and that there is still time to discover the truth of what became of her. Furthermore, Wendy states, I'm not going to accept that she's dead. I need proof. Which is fair. Yeah. The life and whereabouts of Wendy's middle sister, Sadie Montoya, are unknown. However, it's been reported that Sadie... That after Anthonette's disappearance... And the events that followed, Sadie and Wendy became estranged. That's too bad. That really is sad. It makes it even more sad. Yeah. Because they basically lost all their siblings. Right. Um, Anthonette's disappearance was also featured on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries that aired December 16th, 1992. Nine days before what would have been Anthonette's 16th birthday. And, fun fact, I did actually watch this episode today. Whoa! 1992 was a weird time. Yeah. Dude. (laughs) I was watching it, and I was just like... It didn't have any information that I didn't already know after, like, the research, but I still just wanted to watch it. Is the quality bad? Well, well first of all, yes, but it's not I think the quality of the video isn't it's it's palatable because you know it's 92. Right. So, instead of like expecting full cinematography like we get in a YouTube video now, you you know what you're going into yeah. essentially. <laughs> but it's still like just like, the host of Unsolved Mysteries. The way he talks and, like, the music and <laughs> everything. So cheesy. And it, I was just... I was almost distracted by it, to be honest. <laughs> and there were other stories in the same episode, which mm-hmm. I was kind of like... I don't like that. Yeah, like, hey, just, just do the one. Yeah. Because I just... I just didn't have time to deal with all that other shit. No. Just give me infinite. It would have been a short episode. Yeah. Because I think it, this is like an hour long TV mm-hmm. slot. Just do 30 minutes. Yeah. Come on.
0: Nobody wants three stories at once. No. Especially not missing people.
1: No. Or unsolved anything. Yeah. Just one at a time, please. Exactly. How am I supposed to retain this information? You're telling me about a, a boy with a mysterious illness who had a premonition while he was in fucking, like, a fever dream, and then you're <laughs> telling me about some other abduction somewhere, and then, Antoinette, how am I supposed to keep these straight? There's no way. No. Come on. Unsolved Mysteries, they don't still make new episodes, do they? I think they do. I, really? They have a podcast, too.
0: What? I'm pretty sure. Let's see. All right. Unsolved Mysteries Yeah Welcome to the official Unsolved Mysteries podcast From the original creators of the iconic television series
1: Who hosts this show? Steve French Okay, Steve French <laughs> um, Yeah Okay, I, first of all, they have to be fans of Trailer Park Boys because in an episode of Trailer Park Boys... Yeah, Steve French. Steve. French, what the... I'm going to have to research this guy because there's an episode of Trailer Park Boys where Ricky, Julian, and Bubbles find a full-grown mountain lion that was living in Ricky's marijuana field eating all of his pot plants... And Bubbles is like, it's a kitty, because Bubbles loves kitties. So, he takes it back to the park, a full-ass big cat, and he names it Steve (laughs) French. So. I love it. I need to be in contact with Steve (laughs) French. Right now. (laughs) And he just, he doesn't ever, like, shorten it and call him just Steve. He just fully calls him Steve French. (laughs) Come on, Steve French. (laughs) Uh, That's an amazing name. (laughs) I'm not going to get over this. (laughs) Okay, anyway, so now the suspects. And listen, there aren't really any. No. Let's be honest. So, first, is obviously, Uncle Joe. So, we already kind of talked about Uncle Joe. Anthonette had an aunt who was married to a man, and some of the sources say this man was Joe. And based on Wendy's account of Anthonette's objection, that includes a kidnapper saying he was Uncle Joe. Obviously, this would make police look into Anthonette's uncle. Duh. Right. If they didn't, I would say... Uh, excuse me. Do you yeah. know what you're doing here? You're missing something. You're fired. Um, so yeah, they looked into her uncle, but he was ruled out as a suspect. Um, so that just kind of led them to think that whoever the kidnappers were knew the family. And knew that if they said they were Uncle Joe, that Antoinette would open the door. That has to be. Has to be it. Because she was at least doing her due diligence. It's clear that she knew that if the knock comes at the door, ask who it is before you open it. Yeah. So, Anthonette knew bad things happen. Especially at 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. Um, But she felt like, oh, it's Uncle Joe. I'm going to open the door. And boom, she was snatched. So... There's that, and then the only other, this is not necessarily a suspect, I guess this is more of a theory, but police do think that Penny, Anthonette's mother, could possibly know more about what happened than she has stated. So, they point to her failed polygraph test, which, I, I don't know why that is what would make them think she knows more than she's letting on. yeah. Obviously, back in this time, I think polygraphs held a lot more weight than they do now. I think that's obvious. This is the early 90s. Right. So, polygraphs were almost, like... Like, just conclusive Cold, hard facts. Yeah. Obviously, now, we know that that's some bullshit. But, um... There are apparently a few other questions going on other than just the failed polygraph. So she had stated that she was out with friends at a bar and that the girls were home with the babysitter and she got home at midnight and sent the babysitter home. But Anthonette was awake at 3 a.m. Why was Anthonette awake at 3 a.m. is the question. So either, so was Penny at home in bed and Antoinette is just awake? And Penny didn't wake up and hear anyone knocking on the door? Or was Penny simply not home yet
0: at that's, 3 a.m.? That's how I feel. I feel like if Anthonette was, like, this big caregiver type, she was probably still awake because her mom wasn't home.
1: Right. That's, that's, I, I go between that and the next, what I'm going to say, next Changes the whole situation, but I feel like if Anthonette is awake at 3 a.m., then Penny was likely not home. Yeah, because
0: 3 a.m. is a really late time for a six year old to be awake.
1: Right. And most bars close at 2 or 3. Was she six when she was snatched? No, she no, was nine. nine. That's what I she meant. She nine. But still, 3 a.m.
0: is late. Li- 3 a.m. is late for me. Yeah, I mean, my nine year old can barely stay awake past 1 a.m. Yeah. I mean, not that he does that a lot, but like on the weekends or something, Mm-hmm. that's late for anyone to be awake.
1: Yeah. If I stay awake t- till 3 a.m., I feel like I've been hit by a bus the next day. Yeah, kids typically
0: crash pretty hard. Yeah. When the opportunity presents itself. Yeah. I feel like if her mom was home and she felt like, okay, I can go to bed now,
1: she would have been in bed. Right. Right. And I think in the Crimeholics podcast, their host does touch on this a little, and she says that... Penny got home at midnight, sent the baby to her home, and then her and Anthonette stayed up together and, like, watched TV or whatever, which, fine, but if you stayed up with Anthonette, why weren't you awake at 3 a.m. when the knock came to the door? Right, because you would think if that that was
0: a situation, you probably fell asleep on the couch in the living room or something.
1: Right, and if she woke up from the knock, so would you. yeah. Or at least you would have woken up whenever she answered the door and was snatched and screaming. Yeah. Right? You know? It's weird. So that all is weird. But also, in another vein of the Penny theory, some speculate that it's possible that Penny did return home from the bars at midnight, but not alone. With a group of people. And that Anthonette was awake while the group was there And the group was drinking, doing drugs, partying, whatever. And at some point, something happened to Antoinette at the hands of one of the people who was there. Yeah, I can see that. And then...
0: Yeah. You
1: know, either they hid it from Penny. Maybe Penny had passed out at this point, wasn't aware that something had happened. And the group of friends who came back just kind of disposed of Anthonette in some way. Yeah. That is plausible. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the speculation is that Anthonette was either harmed in the home by one of the group that allegedly or speculatively came home with Penny, or that one of the people in that group just abducted her. Yeah. And... uh, you know, obviously, uh, human trafficking is a thing. So. Yeah, especially in that state. Yes. Exactly. Um, some, some theories have actually also stated that in the period of time after Anthonette went missing, Penny seemed... To have an influx of cash. Hmm. And she bought herself like a new car. And so there are some out here that have speculated and alleged that it's possible that Penny may have also just been involved in selling Anthonette and making some cash. Oh, I do not want to believe that. I don't either because I watched freaking Unsolved Mysteries and her mom just seems so like sweet and precious. And, like, she, you know, was just missing her daughter.
0: Yeah, I don't want to believe that at all, but I also know that people fucking suck. I know. And people will fucking
1: fool you. Damn, dude. I know. I don't like it. I don't like it either. It made me really sad whenever that theory was put out there. I was like, Oh, God damn. That's a heavy uh, one. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. We
0: don't really have anything else. It's a pretty like short, not a lot of details
1: yeah story because aside from like the police and neighbors searching the general area and there being missing person posters put up that's about it that's it the investigation is basically that Mm. which is wild yeah that makes me uncomfortable um but yeah that's like that's it there was no other evidence ever a brown van and how could you see the the color of the van at night? Right.
0: Especially if it was brown. Yeah. I feel like really the only vehicle colors I can make out at night are like white or silver. And red. Yeah, anything darker than like charcoal is going to look black. Yeah. And brown is a very specific vehicle color.
1: Yeah, because there aren't
0: that many brown vehicles. No. Um, I guess to wrap it up, we will list off some of her characteristics in the details that we do know, along with some contact information. She is, you know, part Caucasian and Native American. Um, her Caucasian being of Italian descent And she had brown hair and brown eyes. She has moles on her right cheek, nose, ankle, and back. And she has scars on her knee and lip. Uh, She was thought to be wearing a knee length pink, pink nightgown and possibly a silver chain with a small cross shaped turquoise pendant on it. When she disappeared, um, of Course, if you're seeing a little girl out there now with a pink nightgown on, it's not her,
1: yeah. Um, you know,
0: because time, yeah. But if you have seen Anthonette or anyone matching her description, or if you just have any information regarding her disappearance or whereabouts, please reach out to the Gallup Police Department at 505 863 9365 or the fbi um five zero five seven two six six thousand and that information will be in our show notes as well uh,
1: so.
0: yes we've kind of given our final thoughts i don't feel like i really have like a final final thought
1: yeah it's kind of impossible to have a final thought here this is one that kind of hangs in the air it definitely does So, I don't know. I started to put final thoughts and even stopped (laughs) mid-sentence. Yeah. Because I was just kind of like, what am I doing with this? What is... is, uh..." Yeah, it's not really a final thought. No. There's not enough information to form even your own theory on it.
0: Not really.
1: I mean, I think the only part of this that stands out to me is that if... We can even believe the veracity of Wendy's story, the Uncle Joe part. Yeah. I mean, knew the family. That's the only thing that I can point to. And it's not even concrete evidence. No. You know, because she might not be remembering that correctly. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know either. That's awkward. Awkward. It's very, uh, very seldom we don't have thoughts. It is. This might <laughs> be a first. Even when we say we don't have thoughts, we kind of talk ourselves into it. Yeah. We, there's no
0: talking our way into any thought on this one.
1: Nope. There isn't. She. But we will post her missing person poster. And yeah. there are, like, age-progressed photos as well. Of what she could possibly look like now,
0: yeah, which is she, yeah, she, a shot in the
1: dark, really. Yeah, she'd be like forty six, forty five. God damn. Yeah. So I don't know, but I think the Gallup Police are pretty sure that they're kind of they've stated that they believe Anthonette to be deceased. That's probably most likely. I mean, that is the most likely. And I don't scenario. know which
0: one is worse, her being yeah. murdered or living a life in captivity.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's what it's wild to think about. It's just the worst. Yeah. So, you know,
0: we just thought we would stop in and brighten your day up with a missing child story that's never been solved and yeah, leave you guys nice and satisfied. Yep. That's what
1: you come here for.
0: Yeah. We like to make you have a sense of certainty every time you listen
1: that's right and you know we just we just want to put a little nugget of depression in your hearts yeah we (laughs) we are not about making people happy around here nah i mean that's overrated isn't
0: it you got to find the light in the dark that's right so
1: and you know what
0: you gotta know the dark to see the light to see the light (laughs) We sound like the fucking situation over here.
1: Oh, (laughs) BDS in the building.
0: We're going to have to tweet him that one. (laughs) You got to know the dark to see the light.
1: Oh my God. I feel like he would, he, he would say that. That is a t-shirt idea. Listen, BDS hit us up. We are
0: partnering with Mike,
1: the situation. Yes. Yes. He doesn't know it yet, but he's, he's on board for legal reasons. That's a joke.
0: Um, but <laughs> if you're listening and you're down, our email is what if I told you podcast
1: at gmail.com. Hell yeah. Uh, okay. So on that note, uh, big, huge moon sized shout out to Laura and Ariel, um, mm-hmm. our artist and musician on staff. Yep. They're the fucking best. And, uh, I'll hear nothing else about that. Yeah. So. We are certain about that. Yeah. Facts. And you can subscribe to the show, which you should. hmm And share the show with your friends, which you also should. hmm You can rate us five stars on both Apple Pods and Spotify. Mm-hmm. Again, you should. Whether you like us or not. That's exactly right. Um, you can write us a review, not, not required, uh, positive or negative but if you're gonna write us a negative review please at least tell us what you don't like yeah um talk some shit it it's fine yeah you can
0: and you know what if you're here um and you've listened this far you do like us that's
1: right you you are either a love listener or a hate listener and we'll take both
0: yeah i mean (laughs) what's that uh what's that one song by lady sovereign
1: I have no idea.
0: It was it was like on MTV all the time back in the day. We'll look it up. Sure. Well, I probably won't know it. We'll have to put it in a reel or something. <laughs> That's <laughs> we, really the vibe I'm getting here.
1: We will. We will. Okay. So those are the things, you know, uh, we'll catch you next week yeah. with a real upper <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and I hope
0: everyone had a great 4th of July. Oh, I shit. I mean, what better year to celebrate the country, really, than this year?
1: Listen, I'm boycotting the 4th of July this year.
0: 100%.
1: Unfortunately, I cannot, because, you know. Kids. Kids. Fucking. Um, I'm not a huge firework fan anyway, because I don't want to catch on fire, so I steer clear. I will watch them from a distance. However, um, I'm not jazzed about the celebrating our country's birthday this year, because guess what? No, thank you.
0: We can celebrate my sister Jenny's birthday, though, because her birthday is the Fourth of July, really? So happy late birthday, Sis.
1: I ha- love you. Happy birthday, Jenny. um yeah, so um until you know the country gets its shit together, yeah, and stops trying to make those of us that have uteruses literal chattel mm-hmm. then then I'll go back to celebrating the Fourth of July, yeah
0: once once we can buy chicken again for less than nine dollars a package
1: we'll yeah we'll shoot some fireworks chicken that is supposed to be poor people food yeah (laughs) it's fucking ridiculous yeah yeah you gotta be making six figures to buy chicken regularly now yeah
0: (laughs) and maddie's over here mad at me for having cheese it's for lunch i mean goddamn.
1: (laughs) okay please be kind to each other what else are you gonna fucking do And stay weird. Okay, bye! Bye.